On this week's episode, we talk about the potential return of an unexpected Metal Gear Solid game, the gameplay demo of Metal Gear Solid Delta, Microsoft's new policy on unauthorized accessories, Bungie's massive layoffs and game delays, a potential Zelda collection coming this year, and more. All that tonight, but first, on to that beautiful Bean intro. Welcome to the place where PC and console gaming talk combine. This is the Orange Box Podcast, Episode 4. I am your host, the man whose Smash Brothers fighter would have the pasty white skin tone of the Wii Fit Trainer, Nathan, also known as the Frozen Gamer 87. And joining me is the man whose Smash Brothers fighter would either say or yell his own name with every taunt, my co-host, I am Zeracon, better known, also known as Justin. How you doing today, Justin? <laughs> I am doing quite well, and this has been a very interesting week. Uh, primarily Metroid related because first off, I got an email last week saying that a Figma order that I had, pre-order I had for the Metroid uh, Dread Samus figure had just been shipped, so Sweet. I've waited a year for that. <laughs> so it should be coming probably in a month or so. Then also, um, I saw that there were pre-orders going up for the first four-figure uh, Samus Aaron figure from Metroid Prime. Considering that the original release uh, versions are going up to $500 plus, uh, I thought, you know, paying $150 you know, a better option. So I got that pre-order in. <laughs> and the last week... <laughs> One Saturday, I was going shopping, and I was trying to get something for my nephew, and while I was in the toy aisle, I saw this. Oh, Whoops, nice. I don't know. Yeah. Very and nice. crazy thing is, um, I didn't even know that there were still other Metroid figures being made. Um, and I saw, I thought this was just a, maybe a slight repackaging, but no, there actually is a slight difference from the earlier run, so I said, I'm going to add that to my collection now. But, um... Yeah, that, that's how my week's been. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, mine's been, uh, it's been busy. Um, obviously, you know, since the last, last recording, you know, of course there was work and, you know, normal stuff, but then there was, um, you know, of course editing the podcast and everything on Thursday, which, you know, Thursday it's like usually kind of, it can be kind of a scramble to edit the video version, um, so that I can get it done at a decent time, get to bed at a decent time, and most importantly, get the podcast up before I go to bed so that it's ready to go Friday morning. And um, then on top of that, Friday morning, I started my 24-hour live stream, which thankfully went very well. Um, you know, raised more than the, uh, the $300 that I was going for, which is a big improvement over last year, because last year I only got up to $150, but... Um, yeah, so, so then there was, so there was that, and then, um, then, you know, Saturday, I, I basically took, like, a three and a half hour nap after, I, you know, I went to bed, took a three and a half hour nap, and then when I got up, um, I don't even remember what I did that day, there wasn't a whole lot, 
stuff that I had to do. I think it was mostly just like normal family stuff, like uh, doing some stuff with the kids a little bit. And like, honestly, that day is kind of a blur, so I don't even remember what I did. But then <laughs> it's like, okay, Sunday I have church, and then and then had to do a bunch of cooking for our family groups that we we meet up in the evening. Um, every other Sunday, and that just happened to be the Sunday when we were meeting up. And uh, of course, church before that had been really crazy because we, since I handle stuff with the sound and the live stream, and we're we were short a person uh, who helps with that. It just made it so that I had that much more to to get figured out at the last minute, and so it's like all that, and then getting back to the office on Monday and playing catch up for the day that I missed and. It's just been a crazy several days, and um, thankfully, although I did have to go into the office today so that I'd actually have a day in the office this week, the next two days I'm going to be at home, and I have plenty to do over the next couple days between uh, conducting a new hire training uh, for a, a big group of people when the last couple I've been really lucky, I've only had one new hire to train the last two times I had to do it. So it's like this time I have eight people and I mean, it's not a huge deal, but it's still just like, it's, it's just more, more than I have to take care of. And then Friday is my son's birthday. And oh. so, um, yeah, it's just, it's been crazy and it feels like I'm, I, I haven't quite caught up on sleep from after doing that live stream and even, and that's even with trying to go to bed at a decent time. And yeah. Anyway. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that yeah. That saying you were uh, busy, I think, feels a bit to be a bit of an understatement. Yeah. It's it's just been like that lately. There's just been a lot going on, and then you know, trying to work on stuff for uh, you know other things that I've told you about that are just in the works. It's like it's just lots of stuff. That, lots of stuff I'm working on. So. It's a busy life, but it is what it is. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot yesterday was Halloween, too. So we get all the stuff with taking the kids out and everything else. And yeah. Anyway, enough talk about that. Let's talk about games. So what have you been playing over the past week? All right. So uh, I think this sort should be something of a tradition now. So far is I've been playing Sekiro some more and... I've been making some pretty solid progress. I've been steamrolling through the game. Uh, although I think I've hit another roadblock where I faced a major boss again. And this guy's... I, I sort of understand what he's doing, but I still need to perfect my timing quite a bit because I am making blunders. I think perhaps one of the things that will make me better is playing uh, when I'm not recording because when I am recording through my... Uh, through my Steam Deck docked, I can't hear the audio. Um, so I think maybe just playing it in handheld mode will make things better, or since I can actually hear the game. Um, I've also been playing... Uh, oh gosh, I can't... I don't even remember why I can't remember. I, um, I started playing God Eater 3. It's a game that I got through a Humble Bundle. Um, it's sort of... Well, I mean, essentially, it's a Monster Hunter, I guess, S game. And... It's pretty interesting so far. Um, it, it works pretty well. Uh, I guess one thing I would say so far is just playing on the Steam Deck. For some crazy reason, the gyro control is a bit wonky, so I had to disable that. 
But other than that, it's been pretty well so far, I'd say. And then I've yesterday I played uh, Stardew Valley with some friends again. We've been playing it on and off. Yesterday we were our goal was to focus on increasing the stats of different areas which we hadn't been working on. So I was working on farming. Uh, I was helping out more with farming before I was working primarily with mining and doing a little fishing here and there. But now I'm working more on our farm and that's going pretty well. We're all doing different stuff now. And uh, and then shortly before we started the this podcast, I was playing a little bit more of Vampire Survivors just for the fun of it. So yeah, that's 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 what I've been up to. That sounds good. Yeah, um, my list is pretty extensive. Um, so <laughs> let's see here. Uh, covering primarily stuff that I played on stream because there was there was a bunch of stuff. So. Um, I started off playing some Ghost Runner 2. Um, I mean, technically I started with something else, but I'll, I'll get to the other thing because it's kind of like in, it was my in-between game. Um, but yeah, I, play, I played a good amount of Ghost Runner 2, um, got past one of the bosses and was uh, progressing you know, nicely through it. And man, like I, I, one thing that I just realized is I remembered... Oh yeah, there's supposed to be later in the game. There's like a motorcycle. You, you get a motorcycle. I'm not, even, I'm not even out outside yet, and oh my goodness. I'm absolutely loving this game. Like it's, it is challenging. I mean, these especially these platforming challenges in particular, they're just they're crazy challenging sometimes. But it's so much fun. I have such a blast uh, playing it, and like uh, you'll probably be seeing uh, footage from the stream. Um, I may end up recording some separate footage if I have time, just because the the download of, of my recorded footage is a little on the blurry side. Um, I guess for some reason when, when you download from YouTube, it doesn't always download the highest quality, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm absolutely loving it, and it's 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 fantastic. Um, but in addition to that. Uh, I ended up playing some um, some Outer Wilds. I mean, basically, it's it's the same thing. Just trying to get that achievement. Um, basically, was just playing that like in between each game. So like, I would start off trying to make, get that achievement, then I'd move on to Ghost Runner. Then I, when I was ready to transition games, I'd go back to Outer Wilds, try to get that achievement, and then I'd move on to the next game and. Um, the next thing I played, I, I I could be remembering some of these out of order. So if, if I get some of these out of order, then it is what it is. But um, I did play some more Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, I made some pretty good headway on that, on some of the DLC story stuff. Um, you know, I was pretty much enjoying it overall. Definitely, they, they did bring some stuff in that made the main character, Alexios, more relatable. Um, I still don't find him nearly as relatable as Bayek, who is the uh, protagonist from Assassin's Creed Origins. But and I, yeah, I, I still just don't like him as much as as a character in general. But um, you know, it's still just kind of plugging away at it little by little, trying to see if I can completely finish up all the story stuff for the DLC. Um, additionally, I did play. Uh, 
Oh, I played some Starfield. That that was, I guess that was probably the second game I was playing with Starfield. Um, I made sure this time, make absolutely sure, yes, I did remember to mute the, the footage. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I, I, played, I, pl- I played a pretty good amount of Starfield, and um, yeah, I mean, just kind of plugging away at that as well. I didn't get to play as much as I would have liked necessarily, but it's more just... I think I can't remember the exact reason. Oh, I remember the reason. The reason why I stopped playing Starfield was because of another game that I played for a little bit, which I may or may not end up um, including footage in in this. But um, one of my one of my friends slash coworkers had asked me what it would take for me to play a horror game on stream, and so I told them, if you donate fifty dollars, I'll play a horror game. It has to be something free because I don't have any horror games. I'm not going to go buy something. Um, so, I the the game I played was a, a free indie horror game called After Hours, and um, basically I just I I played that. For, I mean, because he he donated the fifty dollars, so I I started playing that and I played for a bit, and it wasn't like super scary. I mean, definitely you know. Uh, sort of made me jump like once or twice, but it wasn't like. I mean, it was definitely a low budget horror game. You, you could tell. I mean, like the voice acting was was really like, okay, this guy does not know how to voice act. Um, basically, the only real reason I stopped playing that was because I got to a point where, yeah, I wasn't getting caught by the bad guy, but I, I literally got stuck in the environment and I couldn't proceed. Um, because I had accidentally knocked myself over like a bookcase and there's no jump button. And so I was stuck on the other side of this bookcase. I couldn't get past it at all. And it was basically, unless the enemy came and got me, in which case would, you know, it would uh, send me back to before my save or whatever. Then um, there wasn't any way for me to proceed without, excuse me, without starting the game over again. So I ended up just quitting the game after, I think I played for hour, maybe hour and a half of that. Um, but then, let's see what else was there. I'm sure there's something I'm forgetting about, but it's probably more just that I'm, I'm t- telling these out of order. But I did get to play some games with my oldest son. So uh, we started off by playing uh, Box Boy, uh, Box Boy and Box Girl on the Switch. And uh, we played that for a while, and we actually beat it. So, um, well, that is, we finished hundred percenting the main levels, um, and then we we tried doing one of the one of the bonus optional, some of the bonus optional levels, but they're all timed, and my son always kind of struggles with those. Like he he kind of panics and and doesn't he, he needs he needs time to think through things before he starts doing them instead of trying to do these timed things. And the rest of the rest of the levels aren't timed. So hmm. it was just kind of throwing him off and we, we didn't really get anywhere with that. So instead we ended up just deciding to play uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. And um, that one we were definitely having a good time with. And I think that that's probably going to be the next game we really play together. Because I think that's that's a really good one. Um, it's just fun. And I, I, I have yet to actually finish all the levels. I just decided that when I'm playing with him, I'm not going to worry about trying to get all the collectibles and completing all the objectives it's just about playing the game 
having fun with it and um that can be a really cool thing to do but yeah that was that was pretty fun um and then apart from that also i ended up um later in the evening playing some diablo 4 with my wife what what was really cool is both with uh, with your help and just with some general fiddling around i was able to figure out how to record both my screen and the steam deck screen at the same time so that i could show both mine and my wife's games simultaneously while we were playing together and that was pretty cool um We'll probably end up doing that occasionally, just streaming that together. That's that's kind of a, a fun way to do things. I mean, it's a game we like playing together anyway, and we both still have a long way to go in the story. She's not even done with Act 1, and I'm only in Act 2, I think. So, um, yeah, I mean, especially considering the fact that we paid for early access and everything. The, the, the idea with these games is more just the fact that it's something that we could do together that we both enjoy, and my wife is not really much of a gamer in general, so um, whenever I can find something like this that she enjoys playing, and we can just plug away with at our plug away at um, at our own pace, then it ends up being a really good game. And um, we we like she got really into Diablo three on the Switch, and then um, we tried Diablo two Resurrected, and that one's harder, so she was having a hard time getting into that one. We played a little bit of Diablo Immortal on our phones uh, together. And that one's a lot easier to get into, um, even if it is, you know, riddled with microtransactions. It, it, it's playable without, but it's, yeah. Anyway. Um, so we, we played, you know, probably hour and a half or maybe two hours of that, and that was that was a good time. I, I definitely enjoy having the opportunity to play games along with her um, on that front. Um, but then uh, the the last couple of games that I played during my stream, um, apart from you know, jumping back into Ghost Runner, um, one of those or I mean, one of the games I played on my own separately um, is a little indie game called Gris or Grease. I'm not sure. It's spelled G R I S. Um, and I started that and finished it during the stream. It took me about four hours to get all the way through it. And I didn't 100% it. I'm not sure if it's possible. Well, I think I think it is supposed to be possible to 100% it first time through. But obviously, I, I missed some of the collectible things. So I didn't. Um, but either way, it was, it was an interesting indie title. I, I have no idea what the story was actually about. I think some of it you kind of you probably get more if you actually 100% it. But um, I may go back and try to finish up some stuff in that later on, but it's not really a priority for me right now. Um, what I did do, though, for the last couple of things was I played uh, most notably some Red Dead Redemption 2, and I, I made a lot of progress in the story. Um, I finished up Chapter 4 started chapter five and got most of the way through that i ended up finishing five off stream and um i'm actually just about well i'm like maybe halfway through chapter six which is the final chapter um apart from the epilogue and um yeah so it's it's a really solid game i mean it's not 
I, I still think I like the first game a bit better than this one, but the story is really good, it's, and it's definitely worth playing, and of course it runs great on Steam Deck and you know, just on PC in general. It's extremely well optimized, so um, there's that. Um, the only other game I played was kind of a game I bought on a whim, so I want to say it was like 20 some odd years ago. I don't remember exactly when this game was originally revealed, but uh, there's a little game you may have heard of it called uh, Devil May Cry. What <laughs> <laughs> was was revealed back in the early 2000s, and I thought it looked cool, but I I think at the time I didn't have a PS2, and um, it's just one of those that I just never got to. And I had heard some things about some frustrations with some of the bosses early on in the game, and so like I had kind of just decided I wasn't going to try playing it for a while, but. Then I recently heard that, you know, 5 runs really well on Steam Deck, and I decided, or, or, and, and that it was on sale, and so I checked to see if any of the games were on sale. All of them were on sale. I was able to get all, all six Devil May Cry games for under $45 for the entire collection. So, wow. it was a really good deal, and... I just, and you know, even though like uh, the HD collection was listed as unsupported, um, half the time a game listed as unsupported on Steam Deck runs perfectly fine. Um, so I, you know, I started playing the first Devil May Cry on Steam Deck, and um, that's the only place I've been playing it so far. But yeah, it runs flawlessly. You don't even have to use compatibility layers or anything, you, it just mm. starts up immediately, no problem. 60 frames per second the whole time. Um, I think the, the like it might drop down two frames when you're, you're uh, like when it's initially loading in, but after that it's 60 the entire time. And yeah, I mean I'm 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 digging it so far. Like it's it does have a little bit of that early PS2 jank to it, but um, overall it's it's pretty fun. Um, I've only gotten through like first two full boss fights and there's been a couple of um like I've, I've done some some uh, mini bosses and there's like a reprise of one of the boss fights um that i got through which technically is optional but i did it because it was supposed to give like a an item that increases your health and uh, anyway so yeah i mean i haven't i haven't played a ton of it i'm i think i'm in like chapter four or something like that or mission four i can't remember exactly how they're labeled but um yeah overall it's it's pretty fun so i just kind of felt like jumping into something different and you know since the stream it's basically just been that and red dead redemption 2 and that's that's really about it yeah lots and lots of games over the past <laughs> week and, and uh, uh I'm sorry, uh, I was just going to ask, I know you mentioned this before, do you still intend on jumping back into the first Red Dead Redemption once you're done with two? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I mean, whether or not it'll be immediate will kind of just depend on how I feel when I'm done with two. Um, mm -hmm. Because, like, of course, I have a rough idea of how two ends, but not really, because, like, I... I mean, two is a prequel to one, so I know that at least 
well, I can't, I don't want to spoil anything, but I, I have at least some indication of where some of the characters end up between two and one, but I don't know exactly how everybody ends up where they are. And because of the fact that when I originally played one, of course, I didn't know who these characters were beforehand. Now it just kind of will give a very different perspective on them when I encounter them. Um, but anyway, yeah, I am planning to play one. I don't know if it'll be immediately after I play two or if it'll be Nice. All right. Anything else before we start getting into the news? Nope. I'm, I'm good. All right. So we have a couple different pieces of news specifically related to Metal Gear Solid, and I figured we'd start with that. Um, but before we start with that, I did have a question because I don't know if I've ever actually gotten the clarification on this. I don't know if I've ever actually asked you. Have you actually played Metal Gear Solid at all? I played uh, Snake Eater. Uh, actually, I originally played that on the 3DS. Okay. Um, and I played some of Twin Snakes uh, via emulator. I gotcha. can't remember if I did play any of the uh, original PS1 game uh, version or not, though. Okay. But yeah... Yeah, Primarily okay. just like three and one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, okay, that's that's good to know. So, um, we we just recently had the Metal Gear Solid Collection release, and uh, that is the Volume One Collection, which includes Metal Gear Solid One, Two, and Three, as well as um, the orig- the NES games, which are not re- are like not canon, and then uh, the original Metal Gear and Metal Gear Two. Um, and then a bunch of you know additional like bonus content, and um, with those having come out, there's um, basically the the collection has had very mixed reception um, in terms of like the quality of the ports, which isn't surprising based on some things that I had seen previously about it. I mean, like for one, we already knew that uh, the Switch version was. The cartridge was only going to include the 2D games. It wasn't going to have any of the 3D games at all on it, which is just <laughs> Konami being Konami. But um, on top of that, all of the versions of Metal Gear Solid 1 are not in HD, and they're 30 frames per second. Which, you know, you and I have talked about... <laughs> about that and I mean it, it didn't end up on, on an episode that you that uh, listeners will get to hear just because it's one of the ones that got messed up but yeah that's that's pretty much inexcusable I'll actually be playing some footage here from um, overhead view of Metal Gear Solid 1 emulated through Duck Station on the Steam Deck which is 60 frames per second and in HD and I believe it scales even up to 4K if you are uh, playing on a 4K screen. But it, it looks fantastic on there, and of course it runs extremely well at 60 frames. Uh, but anyway, that's kind of going off on a tangent. Um, so, related to this Metal Gear, um, there's there's been recently a discussion or a discovery through data mining that Metal Gear Solid 4 has been mentioned as, I mean, has been uh, listed in there 
and I don't know exactly the form of how they how they show this here, but um, Metal Gear Solid Four has been stuck exclusively on the PS3 for years. Well, I mean, period. I mean, it technically there's there's supposed to be a a 360 build that just never got released um, because it was uh, four was released as a PlayStation Three exclusive, but Three has never left the PS3, and I actually played that earlier this year for the first time, and um, I did enjoy it. It it wasn't my favorite of the Metal Gear Solid games, but it was it was good. Um, and yeah, I think that this is uh, this is pretty cool because um, I I should uh, back up a little bit because I I don't remember if I actually got to cover this on the podcast at least not where anyone's anyone's heard it but you and I so I I got into Metal Gear Solid really late like I got into I played the first game I think in either 2019 or 2020 probably 2019 and I, I played that on the Vita the PS1 version emulation and then I uh, played through 2 3 4 Peace Walker Revengeance and the first part of Metal Gear Solid Five: Ground Zeroes, all this year, <laughs> and I've actually played through uh, Snake Eater three times this year because I, I played it first on the Vita with the, that version, the HD version of that. Then I played it on the 3DS with the horrible frame rate and all, um, because I mean, like when you when you're doing the opening mission for for anyone who's who's hasn't played it on 3DS, so. The opening mission, the virtuous mission, it actually runs pretty decently. Like it, it pretty much maintains thirty frames ish for for most of it. It's it's pretty playable up up through the virtuous mission minus the cutscenes, which are are very choppy. Um, but then the boss fights chug so badly, like it is ridiculous how bad they run, and um. I, I basically just forced myself to play through because I paid eighty dollars for this cartridge because I I, I just oh, wanted gosh. it. It's like you know I wanted it for my collection and um I was I was willing to accept it and I, I didn't think it was going to be that bad. I, I just really didn't <laughs> think it was going to be that bad and so I suffered through it. I, I did beat it and um then I found out a bit later after I uh, soft modded my 3ds that. Uh, there is a quote-unquote cheat that makes it possible to get the game up to 30 frames per second on a new 3DS. And it actually stays locked pretty much at 30 frames, which is fantastic. It makes the game significantly <laughs> better. It plays significantly better that way. Um, so I ended up playing through it again that way. And I had also replaced my C-Stick with, um, with basically the kind of uh, little red stick nub that you find on like Lenovo laptops which I would never use it on a, on a on a laptop I think it's terrible there but it works it's significantly better than the little uh gray nub that they put uh, on the new 3DS so anyway so yes um but all that being said having played through all these games so far this year started the Phantom Pain just haven't finished it uh cuz Zelda came out at that time. Um, Metal Gear Solid 4, I wished 
was on a portable device because that was literally the only Metal Gear Solid game I couldn't play on a portable device. And it pained me to have to play on my PS3 all the time. It's like... I mean, literally, I could play every other Metal Gear Solid game on a portable device. It was just this one that I couldn't play that way. I mean, even Metal Gear Solid Five, both Ground Zeroes and Phantom Pain, Steam Deck, high settings, or medium to high settings, 60 frames per second across the board, four to five hours of battery life. It's fantastic how well they run on the Steam Deck. And um, I just wished that I had been able to do that with Metal Gear Solid 4, and now it looks like it's probably going to be in the next collection. Which I can only assume maybe they have the... 360 build that they found and they're able to work off of that because I don't know how they would work it off of the PS3 build. Um, but anyway, your thoughts on the matter? No, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely very true because I mean, I don't know if because of the fact that I mean, of course, because another reason would have been because of uh, exclusive rights that Sony had with that one. But other than that, though, the PS3 architecture definitely would have been one of the limiting factors, and I can't even remember if there are a couple other games that are trapped on PS3 because of that, but if they did find this 360 version and are building off of that, that would be great. Um, hopefully because of that, there wouldn't be too many issues, if, if any, um, as far as getting optimization for all the different platforms. Uh, or just optimization in general. Um, but then again, this is also Konami, so mm-hmm. who knows. But I'm hoping that if this is the case, it will it, it, it goes well. I'm hoping that it does. Just don't let Konami be Konami. That, that's all I'm going to say on that end. But but at least if... At least, and even if Konami is Konami, if it is based on the 360 version... People, modders should definitely be able to come out and at least fix any issue so that people can have a better experience. I'm not saying that they should be, that they should have to do that, but at least we'll have that option there. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely something that uh, I, I hope that it can end up being really good because, like, as it stands right now, emulating the PS3 uh, version of that game, the, the only version we have, um, you you need a really beefy PC because because the cell architecture is just so odd that it just it doesn't emulate well. Like I've tried emulating that game um, on on Steam Deck, and of course it, it just basically doesn't run. Um, and I mean, well, technically it runs, but it's not <laughs> it's not really running. Um, and I can't remember. I, I think I think that I mean, like, like there is a way to get it running pretty decently on PC, um, at least on my PC. But the main thing for me was that I already had the disc version. I wanted to just. I didn't really. I didn't really want to play through an emulator if I was going to be just playing on on my PC. At that point, I'd rather just. Mm-hmm. Played on the PS3 because it's like if I'm going to be stuck to a screen anyway, at least playing it on the PS3, I know it's going to work the whole time. Whereas emulation, at least with PS3 games, is not always great. I've, I've 
tried a variety of games and a lot of them just don't run very well. Like, I think the best... Um, the, the the games that run the best on PS3, at least of the ones I've tested, like the the God of War collection runs great, 60 frames, no problem. Um, and the um, uh, Ratchet and Clank Into the Nexus runs at the same frame rate as it does on PS3, which is about 30 frames per second, um, which isn't great, but it's better than it runs on Steam Deck, where it will drop into the teens and lower. Um, but anyway. All that being said, I definitely uh, am hoping that the port will be decent whenever they actually do bring it out, because I, I would say it's pretty likely that they are going to have this as part of the next collection. Um, as it stands right now, I'm probably not buying any of these collections anytime soon, uh, particularly because I do have ways to play all the games already. Um, and... Like, I was really excited about the Switch versions, and then I found out that all of them run at 30 frames per second, which there's just no excuse for that, especially considering the fact that they... Uh, 2 and 3 ran at 60 on the PS3 and 360, um, and 1 can run at 60 on a potato, so there's just... Uh, I'm not going back down that rabbit hole, but... Um, I have heard that there are some PC mods out there to make these games better, but basically until it gets to the point where everything is like top tier with the PC mods and they have it running and it's running well on PC and Steam Deck, I'm not even going to bother. And even then I'm waiting for a steep discount because as much as I love these games, I don't want to support Konami when they're doing these bare bones bottom shelf ports where it's very clear that they're just not even trying. And it's, it's sad because take what are fantastic games, especially Snake Eater. Um, but yeah, I, I'm hoping that maybe they'll, they'll kind of realize, especially after like Digital Foundry, I think they just recently did their thing looking at the collection and basically said, oh, it's not good. Um, hopefully that'll kind of put some fire under the pants of Konami and they'll actually make a more serious effort and hopefully maybe people uh, consumers will just actually hold off on buying this collection mm. until they actually make an effort to fix some things because most of these things are just inexcusable they just they just are so anyway um, but speaking of snake eater we <laughs> just got uh, gameplay footage of Metal Gear Solid Delta, which is a remake of Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. And, um... I mean, there it's pre-alpha footage. Some aspects of it are a little... Uh, stiff. The animations are a little stiff. Um, it's Unreal Engine 5. And it does look really good. Um, I will still be holding off on this one it's probably not going to be a day one purchase for me because i'm not sure i trust konami to do a good port or even to do a good job with this game but i'm hopeful i mean i like i said i played through snake eater three times just this year and i thoroughly enjoy that game i think it is fantastic it's easily become probably within my top 10 favorite games which is saying a lot. 
Um, but I just don't trust them. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I want to because I was super excited when when they announced this and everything, and then seeing like the early screenshots. I mean, everything they've shown is all from the Virtuous Mission, the opening prologue mission. Um, like it's it's really early. It's like even just basically like the first half of the of the first mission, that opening mission. And um, so you know, there's there's still plenty of stuff that they haven't shown yet, but it looks really good. And I just I'm remaining cautiously pessimistic though about it. I think that they're probably not going to change anything dramatically. Um, though I do wish that they would actually acknowledge Hideo Kojima's involvement considering the fact mm-hmm. that this is his game whether they want to admit it or not I mean it doesn't matter what kind of fresh coat of paint they put on it the game, the gameplay, the story it's all Kojima even the the very crazy aspects of it and it does have a pretty crazy story but it's compelling I, I love these stories I, I find them super fascinating and I know I know that uh, Kojima is definitely one of those guys who gets pretty out there. I'm not sure if he's as bad as Nomura, as Tetsuya Nomura, <laughs> but um, he hasn't had as many games available either. I mean, there's yeah. not as many Metal Gear games as there is Kingdom Hearts. Unless I'm... Well, I could be wrong on that, actually. Mm. But I'm not sure how many of them are canon, whereas Kingdom Hearts, basically, they're technically all canon, and they're just really yeah. out there. Yeah, <laughs> which I was all on board for at first, but then it just started getting more and more Oof. convoluted. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um. <sighs> so anyway, your your thoughts on the uh, Metal Gear Solid Delta gameplay footage? I, I definitely agree that the, that it looks amazing. Uh, definitely looking through the footage, and granted, you know it is not Unreal Five and all the Unreal Five games that they've shown. And also, it's nice that this is actual in-game footage and not you know right. just pre-rendered cutscenes, which every company seems to be doing these days. But it does look nice. I agree with you though that. There's still a lot of skepticism here because you don't know what they're going, what Konami's going to do. Additionally, also the fact that it is on Unreal Five. I don't. I it, Unreal Five is engine is still kind of new, and we've seen that games like, you know, Unspoken. <laughs> uh, that that game had some problems with it with the uh, with with the engine and stuff, and. I think even a couple other I, games. I don't. I don't think that one was Unreal. I'm pretty sure. Or that that if, one wasn't. If it was I Unreal, was, I think it was Unreal Four. No, I don't think that one was Five. I could be okay. wrong. Okay, we'll have to double check that. But I'm. I'm pretty sure that one was Five. Okay. Okay. Um, but either way, I think I. I heard at least one game that was being uh, initially revealed as an Unreal Engine Five game. It had some sort of issues with it, so. I'm a. I think that because it's still new, there it's a bit. I, I think I would rather. Granted, someone has to be the guinea pig, but I, I I really wish that you know have some other 
people sort of test the waters first before everyone understands how it works, uh, how the engine works, knows what sort of problems you might have with it before you start developing more games. I mean, again, this is a sort of, uh, I guess, chicken or the egg. Like, right. you have to have people understand the engine, but you also have to make the games for it first before you can understand the engine yeah. and learn out all the bugs. Because, I mean, even Unreal Engine 4, I mean, 3 also, to a degree... But that also also sort of had bugs in it as well, so it's nice. But, but then I guess another thing is the fact that this is the first major, or I mean, I don't necessarily remember what the older ones had, but this is the first Metal Gear game, new new Metal Gear game that isn't being used with the Kojima engine. That that's that's yeah. pretty big right now. Um, and I guess also on that end, also. Which is kind of sad, going back to your point, but I definitely think they will not mention Kojima, considering the fact that they erased his name in the uh, collection. They Mm -hmm. cut his name completely out in any mentioned Kojima studios. It's gone. So I have a feeling they're going to do the same thing here. They're just going to erase him, which is really sad, but that's Konami. They, they, They have these weird grudges. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... I, I've become a bit of a Kojima fanboy. I mean, I, I haven't <laughs> I haven't experienced all his stuff yet. You know, I still have, um, of course, finishing Phantom Pain, and then um, I haven't played, like, Portable Ops or um, the Metal Gear Acid games. I haven't played the original Metal Gear or Metal Gear 2. Mm. I haven't played um, Metal Gear Ghost Babble. I, ha- I have most of those at least um, through emulation. The ones that, that I didn't have the ability to purchase, I, I just got through emulation. Um, I even have, um, what you call it, uh, the GameCube one, uh, Twin Snakes. Uh, Twin Snakes. I mean, yeah, I, I just have that, you know, once again through emulation, and I briefly tried it out on Steam Deck. seems to run well, but the controls are wonky. Mm-hmm. Um or at least they they felt they felt wonky compared with other versions, but maybe it was just because of uh, I mean, like you had you had to like hold the start button and then press another button in order to do things like go to the uh, the communicator or the what you call it. Um, oh, my. oh um, gosh, it's like you you think I would know this because I I played. A bunch of these games this year um it's not it's not a radio is it i, no, I mean i know that oh, you see radio one there but um maybe they do call the communicator i don't know i'm i'm spacing out on on what is actually called but that's gonna bug me until i can remember anyway um yeah, the, the controls were a little wonky. But anyway, so the point is is that I, I've liked the Koji, Kojima games I've played so far. And I even... Someone gave me a free copy of Death Stranding earlier this year. And I've heard that one runs pretty well on Steam Deck as well. So it's like, hey, when I finish the main Metal Gear games, then I'm going to go play uh, play Death Stranding. Probably before I go back and play like Portable Ops and the 2D games and stuff, I'll do Death Stranding. But... Um, yeah, anyway. That was a, definitely a side tangent based on uh, Kojima not being included with his name not being 
attached to the remake and all that. Erasing him from the collection. But, anyway. All this is just, uh... I, I will give Konami the benefit of the doubt in thinking that they might actually do this remake some justice, but I'm still not giving them my money until I actually see a good finished product. And I'm not expecting it to run well on Steam Deck. I pretty much assume that it won't. Um, but that's okay, because as long as it runs well on PC, that's what really matters to me at this point. Yes, I would like to have it on Steam Deck, but... Worst case scenario, I can stream it to my Steam Deck and then I'll at least have that option. But, anyway. So, speaking of PC, Microsoft has put out a new policy on unauthorized accessories. Unauthorized third-party accessories for the Xbox. Um, and this is going to be effective as of November 12th of this year. So basically just less than two weeks from now. And uh, they've already basically put out um, an error code that pops up when people try to use certain unauthorized third-party accessories on their Xbox. Uh, that basically says this is... Uh, it's not... It's not... Um, I can't remember the exact wording. Um, I, you you want to pull that up and see if you can find that information? I can't remember. Yeah, exactly let me just quickly pull that up. But but the gist of it is that it's basically uh, this error message is popping up and telling people that these things are not supported and uh, that and they're saying that come November twelfth, uh, these particular accessories are just not going to work anymore. The Connect Accessories not authorized using unauthorized accessories compromises your gaming experience. For this reason, the unauthorized accessory will be blocked from use on November 12th, 2023. There it is. Yeah. So, the part that's still unclear about this is what exactly are unauthorized. Is it just when people are using, like, things that are specifically enabling them to essentially cheat? Is it... Um, I, I don't know what, what are the limits on this? I mean, I'm not really, not really clear on this. I mean, they, they say that thing that lots of third party accessories are approved. So theoretically, as long as it's a, an approved third party accessory, it shouldn't cause any problems. And, you know, most third party stuff should work fine, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on the matter? I, well, my thoughts were initially completely negative, but then once I actually read a little more and then also got some other, uh, saw a couple of other uh, articles, I just couldn't understand. Like, I was initially was against this completely because I don't believe that someone who bought a console should be barred from using whatever accessories they want to use on it to, you know, to play their games. Mm -hmm. But then I learned, you know, it's to fight cheaters, uh, Especially since I know the one is specifically the Zim, uh, that one primarily is for people to use to cheat because they'll use a mouse and keyboard, uh, attach it to it, and the console still registers it as a controller. Um, so essentially, from that point, you're actually getting the aim assistance of a controller, uh, 
with the precision of a mouse and keyboard. Yeah. So you're getting that sort of double accuracy. And if you're playing a competitive game, that really is really you're you're, you're cheating plain and simple at that, that yeah. point. So I understand why they want to do that. On the other hand, though, and this is something that I saw from like people who had left comments and talking about that is it really hurts the people who play fighting games, uh, especially because they have their own fight pads that they bring in. And that really messes them up because if you're primarily playing these fighting games with fight pads, you go to, um, say, a convention or somewhere like that, and you bring your fight pad up to uh, the console, you plug it in, you can't use it anymore um, because it's been banned. And for f people who are dedicated to fighting games, that's all they use. They don't use controllers because right. uh, it it just doesn't work for them uh, yeah. differently. I guess also input and just delaying and all that stuff like that. So that definitely affects them. And I, I don't know, because I know that they didn't specify how something is authorized, but I am ge guess generally just on a, a guess is that anything that isn't licensed. So I guess if it's something, I mean, I guess to, to agree, sort of like if you see a, a product uh, for a Nintendo game or something like that, or even accessory, you'll see that licensed by Nintendo sticker right on right on that product. So I guess I don't know if it's something like that where a game has to receive the license. Uh, I haven't purchased many or if any at all Microsoft products, so I don't know what if if they have any sort of uh, packaging or anything like that where it says licensed by Microsoft or licensed by Xbox, anything like that. I would hope so if, if it helps, but it, it really does suck, though, because while I understand and I definitely agree, like, I don't like cheaters. I think cheaters are horrible because they take a lot of fun away from playing a game. And it's partially why I don't really play multiplayer games uh, much, except outside of playing with friends, doing co-op stuff. But I definitely understand why they want to fight cheaters. But at the same hand, though... Banning what people, I mean, it's not a ban, but restricting what people can use on their Xbox. Like, if, if you bought the console, you should be able to do what you want on that console. Granted, if you're going to interfere with how other people play on multiplayer, that's a different thing. But I think if you're playing something by yourself in a single player, I think you should do whatever you want in that single player experience. And that would also include using whatever controls you want to use. Um... So I really don't like that part. And it also is kind of, it's also kind of, kind of off-putting the fact that Microsoft can just go flip a switch, enter some code in, and then all of a sudden you can't use whatever you were using before. That That's right. that's also kind of, uh, I, I don't, I don't really care for that part either. So I guess at the, at the end of the day, I understand what they're doing. But I don't like that they're doing it. That that's that's where I stand. Yeah. Yeah, it'll just be interesting to see what exact I mean, how far this blocking goes. Because, you know, like you're you're pointing out the you know, the, the specific fight pads, fight sticks, all that that like people who are uh in the competitive scene for fighting games are using, you know, you definitely don't want to be blocking those accessories. And it's hard to know exactly what of those accessories is actually going to be blocked versus, you know, it's already good to go. Um, definitely, though, I, I also 
fully in agreement with you that, you know, I don't like people who are specifically cheating. I mean, I've definitely had plenty of experiences um, dealing with cheaters and it just, it really takes away the enjoyment for a lot of people. And it's just like, you know, it's one thing when you're playing against people who are just legitimately skilled players. And I've, I've definitely played against lots of those because I'm not that skilled. And, um, you know, with the exception of games where I've actually had the opportunity to play with skill-based matchmaking, where it basically kind of matches me with people of similar skill, in which case, at least personally, I always find that super fun. That's way more fun than playing against, than getting, you know, mopped, um, you know, someone mopping the floor with, with me and my teammates or, um, you know, vice versa, me mopping the floor with some other group of people, especially when I'm not skilled. Um, but the cheaters, when, when you come across those, it's a lot worse. I don't think I've come across as many cheaters as like some of the higher tier players have come across. Um, because the higher, because typically the high tier players are going to come across the cheaters more often because the cheaters are the ones who are winning more often because they're cheating. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. We're just going to have to kind of wait and see what happens with this. Um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm really mixed on, on my opinion on the matter, mostly just because I feel like we don't know enough. And I'm hoping that we'll get some clarification and that Microsoft, if they haven't already, uh, set something aside for, especially the for the competitive players who are using the fight sticks, the fight pads, um, to be able to use those things. I'm hoping that they will, because... I mean, the, the you know, people who are really into this stuff, that's what they play with. That is, you know, what... I mean, they, they get as good as they are by playing a specific way all the time. And while some people can't adapt and, and switch around as needed, might even have to, it's still just, you know, putting people in that position when you don't really need to over something like this. Hmm. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see what, what actually happens with it. But connected with Microsoft, or rather formerly connected with Microsoft, Bungie, which is now, of course, uh, owned by PlayStation, but was formerly a Microsoft-owned studio back in the early Halo days, has just laid off 100 people and has delayed uh, their next, next expansion of Destiny to uh, the final shape from February of next year to June of next year, as well as delayed um, their, I guess you could so say rebirth maybe, of their very first game, Marathon, uh, delayed that from being released next year to being released in 2025. Um, there's been some various information that's come out about this, uh, one thing we do know is that the decision to lay off the employees was not a Sony decision. This was a Bungie management decision. Um, so before you know, any Xbox fanboys are in the comments blaming, like we have any comments, ha. Huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but before any Xbox fanboys are going and blaming Sony on this matter, it's it's not Sony that made this decision. Um, I can't believe I'm defending Sony, but. Uh, Sony did not make the decision, Bungie made the decision. 
and um yeah there's there's really a lot to this and um it's kind of a complicated issue but before i start i mean as as a destiny player myself before i get into my thoughts i'd like to hear what you have to say yeah it, it's definitely uh, cuz because even as i was looking at the information watching different videos i I thought there was so much stuff. I, I was even trying to make some notes about what I was even seeing and stuff, but it's really messy because I, the 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 key thing though that I saw that I went to, that I noticed was the fact that there wasn't any sort of plan to cut any of the Bungie employees. Like it said that everyone was fine, and then a year later, that was when the layoff started. Yep. And even then. I think one of the worst part, uh, I mean, that was bad enough as it was, but the fact that the employees, this, they were told to be hush-hush about this, mm-hmm. like, to not say goodbye to any of the employees. The employees who had uh, unvested stocks, they when they lo- when they were laid off, they lost those stocks, and they w- went straight back to the company. So I, I think that how they got rid of these people is horrible. Um... And, and like how they handled it was completely. I, I I know that we've talked about layoffs several several times, if not more so. Right. Uh, but I feel like this has to be the worst handling of a layoff from a company so far. Um, if if not close, it definitely is the worst one because how do you just try to covertly lay off all these people? And then, especially after saying everyone's fine, we're not laying off anyone. Uh, and then you lay off of the people. And again, it wasn't even Sony's decision. This was all Bungie saying right. to do that. Um, and then you know, people who they who people who had stocks, uh, company stocks, they lose those stocks because you fired them essentially, uh, telling people that they can't talk to anyone about it. I, I don't know what's what's wrong. I don't know also if the, if it has to do with uh how uh well Bungie also was work Bungie was also working on the Last of Us 2 uh multiplayer correct the factions uh, originally uh, they, they were they, they were they were basically um what's the word I'm looking for um consulting on okay on okay they, they they went and took a took a look at it and basically told PlayStation to take it back to the drawing board Okay. Okay. So that wasn't uh, okay. So that wasn't one, one them done. Um, so I, I know that uh, Lightfall, from what I heard, was not meeting expectations. So I don't know if that was the reason why. But even then, you know, they they could have handled this in a so in a much better way. And I know that it's definitely. I don't know how if that's even because I haven't played Marathon, the Rich Marathon, or any of the other games. I did download them earlier this year because I found out that they actually were released completely free. Um, and you could actually get them on pretty much any platform, even I think there were even mobile ports that were made for uh, them. So I did I did download them, uh, but I haven't touched them yet. But I, I don't know if... I also don't know if they're afraid of, of, like, of, marath- of development because it's been so long... 
and so far they've only been doing Destiny. I don't know if they're if, if also they're concerned about what will happen if they're putting so much in effort into this, uh, or even just splitting attention between any additional Destiny content and Marathon. I don't. But even then, still, I I, I would think you wouldn't want to cut people out, uh, let go of people when there's so much to do. Especially another thing is the fact that they cut out some big name people like Mal Michael Salvatore, who did music for the Halo games. And oh gosh, I, he, 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 Michael Salvatore and um, um, the, the other guy, I was it's like, it's on the tip of my brain. Let, let me look on my phone because I actually have, I have these, um, <laughs> I have the soundtracks. Um, but it's, um, it's, I know the name, but uh, yes, they and they've done the soundtracks for Destiny as well. Um, mm. Marty O'Donnell. Yes, Marty, Marty O'Donnell, that's right, yep. Yeah, but both of them got laid off as part of this whole thing. And, um, and I can't remember her name, but uh, she also did the artwork for the original Halo, uh, especially mm -hmm. the Halo ring uh, logo. Yeah. So you're laying, you're getting rid of these legends of Bungie, and I'm just thinking, what's going on over there? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm definitely also am interested in hearing your thoughts because, especially as a longtime Destiny player, um, right? Like I, I know that you definitely would have some good thoughts on that. Right. So from from listening to some of the, the information that's come out, um, one of the main reasons for these layoffs is because basically the I, I don't know the exact numbers of what it was they set as their goals for this year for revenue. But uh, basically, they've they've made 45 percent less than what they were expecting to make this year. And so the layoffs are a result of that. And um from from what seems like it's ha what it seems like happened. Well, for one, Lightfall has definitely underperformed, which is understandable. Lightfall had some big issues. Um, most notably, the story was a big problem. There was just there's also just kind of like this seasonal model that they've had going on for for the past few years that has been has gotten really stale for people, and just player engagement is really low compared to where it has been in previous years. Um, and then on top of that, um, they're working on Marathon. And apparently, uh, this is a fairly recent thing. There were some players who... Uh, uh, Mar Marathon is, is intended to be... I'm trying to remember what genre they were saying that, that it's going to be. Um, it's on the tip of my brain, but anyway... It's something similar to Escape from Tarkov. And they brought in some influencers who are heavily into Escape from Tarkov and let them demo the game in its current state. And at the end of it all, they asked the people, how many of you, if, if this game were to release tomorrow, would want to play it? And nobody raised their hands. So basically... Uh, as a result, they've delayed Marathon, of course, and because Destiny was basically how they were funding the uh, production of Marathon because of all the money that it makes, 
they basically got in a position where they they had to lay some people off in order to basically make it work. Um, now, I definitely am... I'm still kind of processing everything that they that they did with the divesting of stocks and all of that. I I'm not about that. Like I'm I'm just not at all. Um, I I think that some of the things that they've done with this are just they're just not right. But I also I don't have a full enough amount of thoughts on that aspect because I'm just trying to think through all these things and and. I don't, I'm, I'm still kind of processing all the information since it's still pretty new. What I will say is... Destiny is one of those games that I've, I've really enjoyed over the years. I, I started playing in 2015, um, early 2015, primarily because I had a friend who uh, did all the visual effects for the vanilla version of Destiny 1. And... Um, he was actually in Alaska. Oh, I mean, you know, I knew him from my small town in Alaska. Um, and this was just just vanilla Destiny one, just first year, all that. But that was, and I also had friends who were playing it, and I wasn't really into doing con uh, shooters on consoles because I was bad at the dual joystick thing. But I decided to give it a try. Ended up falling in love with the game and uh, played it heavily especially that first year and then my son was born and um, from there my time diminished a lot and I've had like times where I'll be playing for you know every day for well maybe not every day but you know frequently for you know weeks on end and then take a long multi-month break and or you know I'll just kind of play periodically here and there but it tends to be more like I'll take long breaks, long breaks, play hot, heavy for a couple weeks, and then take another long break. And um, and I I already pre-purchased the final shape because I do want to see how the story ends. And um, you know, I've been so invested in this to where it's like, okay, I'm just gonna finish this out, and then at the end of the final shape, whether they decide to do anything further with Destiny or not. I'm out because I I just I, I can't devote the time to it anymore. I just can't. I, I want to play other games and as much as I love Destiny, there's just it's too bloated of a game at this point. Even with the content they've cut out, it's still too bloated. There's there's just too much to do and I just don't have the time to, to keep up with it. Um, all that being said this whole situation with the layoffs it sucks um, one thing that I will say when it comes to um, Marty O'Donnell and um, Michael Salvatore being let go as well with, with the fantastic music they put out that really bothered me um, I did find out that they did already finish recording all the music for Final Shape. And it, it is possible that maybe they were already planning on retiring. I believe, I uh, can't remember which one of them. It was one of the two of them that's like 70 years old. And he may have just been ready to be done anyway. Because mm. um, he's been doing it for a really long time. 
I mean, he's not, I don't think he's quite as old as like John Williams, but definitely still been doing it for a long time. And they're both fantastic composers. They do excellent, excellent music. The, the music, the soundtracks in, in Destiny and Destiny 2 have been absolutely stellar. Um, I don't know. I like I said, I'm still processing a lot of this. I I definitely think that there should have been better ways to handle this. If if all this was hush hush, you know, basically I'm trying to hide the fact that they were doing this. That's not a good way to handle it, like you said. Um in some I'm I'm not sure if this is worse or if the Epic Games ones were worse because the Epic more just because of the Epic Games ones being because they were spending too much money and it's like well you know you could <laughs> I don't know do something at the top um, but with Bungie it's it's a different story it's still I feel like it's definitely some scummy stuff and honestly, I would halfway consider refunding my purchase if I had the option. But I don't because I bought it through Green Man Gaming and I already activated the key. So, there's that, but... I don't know. I, I really don't know what else to say. I think I need more information as time goes on. I, I definitely think that Bungie needs to figure these things out and... I feel like they're not doing as much for the employees as they should be doing. I don't think they should have cut them off right here and now, right before the holidays and everything. Oh, yeah. I, especially I just, now. That, that part bothers me more than anything else. Because it's like, you know, a lot of these people have families. Mm -hmm. And, you know, getting unemployed right at the end. I mean, yes, um, like health insurance, I guess, is continuing through the end of the year. So that, at least there's that. That's That's good. But, you know, if, if these people were not financially prepared for being unemployed, depending on what kind of money they can get from unemployment, which probably won't be very much, this could cause a significant financial strain, especially if it's, you know, single income household. Like, I mean, if I lost my job, it would definitely be rough. I have a decent amount of savings because of inheritance and stuff, but... Um, you know, like, it would be hard enough for me and for people who don't necessarily have that benefit or, you know, don't have a second income. Um, you know, if they were in my situation but didn't have the benefit that I have, it would be much rougher. And I guess at this point, it's like, I don't know, we need, I want to hear more. I want to hear what, I want to kind of get a better idea. And I'm hoping that all these people will land on their feet. That they'll find mm. jobs and um, be able to provide for their families as as needed, and that um, I know I, I'm hoping Bungie will just decide to do something better, but I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in that. Layoffs are an inevitable part of of just game development. It's it's a normal thing. Unfortunately, I mean, you know, it's it's a normal thing in general, but. Especially right now with the current state of the economy and everything else, it's just it sucks.
<sighs> so let's get into that next story regarding Atari. So you, you want to cover this one? Yeah. Uh, so it has been announced. I praise her that it's already happened, but the announcement happened after it sort of uh, was revealed. Atari has purchased a developing company called Digital Eclipse. And Digital Eclipse, they've primarily been, as far, as, far as lately, um, they've been, pri been primarily doing compilation games uh, collections. So sort of like Disney Afternoon Collection, the first Mega Man Legacy Collection. Uh, the second one, I believe, was actually done by Capcom, but uh, they did the first collection. Uh, and a couple other Atari uh, game, co uh, compilation games. So they've been doing that. They did ha also have two recent uh, games. Well, actually, one's in early access, but they did um, the making of... Oh, gosh. Uh, it's Karataka, or... I can't remember what the name what that name is, but it's um sort of a interactive documentary of a game that they were working on uh, that they didn't necessarily complete. And then they're also the one they're currently doing is called Wizardry, which is uh, a remake of an older uh, dungeon crawling RPG that they made. And primarily, they haven't everything else they've done in the past has just been handheld uh, games, so stuff like. Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance. Actually, I was wondering why Digital Eclipse sounded so familiar until I went back and looked at their uh, history, and then I saw they actually did Spider-Man 2 in the Game Boy Advance, which was actually oh, okay. how I first heard about them and the uh, first Spider-Man game I played. So, <laughs> so that's how I heard about them. But I'm really interested, though, because Atari has already been making their own sort of compilations. They've done that primarily with just standalone compilation games they've done that for uh different consoles like xbox they've done it they've done it for I'm pretty, i think they've done that for playstation as well i know they did it for switch as well they released compilations of games and they also had their plug and play consoles with comp with compilations of their older games and I, I i don't remember whatever happened with their vcs uh i don't know i don't know what happened with that i know that was supposed to be a thing but <laughs> atari definitely also is isn't the same atari that it used to be after right. it went bankrupt. So I'm wondering why they're interested in Digital Eclipse. Um, I, I, because they're, they've already been doing their own compilations. So I don't know why they need another company that's been doing compilations to make more compilations for them that they've already done. Um, but I, know, I do know that Digital Eclipse is supposed to be... So they're supposed to still be doing their own sort of thing so it's sort of the situation as Bungie where they're owned by a higher company but they're still they still have free reign to do their own stuff so I'm kind of interested in seeing what's going to happen there um because I mean it's it's definitely interesting because and I I also kind of hope that Digital Eclipse does start to make more of their own games instead of doing these collections uh, I, not that I dislike what they've done like I, I i did like the fact that they brought back mega man and i mean i played that the mega man legacy collection on the 3ds and I, I i liked it enough um so if they keep doing that that's fine but i'm hoping that this isn't something that they're just going to be attached to especially since they've been doing so many of those lately the fact that they're doing two game i mean once 
a documentary-ish sort of thing, but also kind of a game. I would like to see them go back to making their own games. And I'm hoping that Atari doesn't just... I mean, again, they're, they have free reign, but I don't... I just don't want to see them slip back into that uh, niche or slip back into that genre of projects of just collect of collections. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something where we'll just kind of have to wait and see what happens with it. Um, I am a little skeptical about Atari because, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, the VCS basically, I think they might've sent out some units, but it basically didn't go anywhere, which wasn't really surprising. I mean, I think there were very few people who, when they heard about the Atari VCS, actually thought it was going to do anything or that it was even going to release. So <laughs> we'll see if this actually goes anywhere. I'm hoping that they'll just make a good use of this company. Um, even if it is just doing more compilations, you know, I, I don't know. I, I really don't have a lot of thoughts on the matter, uh, but Hopefully it, it it goes well for him, I guess. Mm -hmm. Alright, and the last topic that I have for tonight. Dr. Sir Cantoto, who is an analyst who has numerous times made predictions about uh, things that he believes are coming, has said that uh, later this year, and, and this is Technically, this, and this isn't a quote from him, but it's, uh, I guess he released a tweet and was saying something about uh, ZR 2023 and the implication, because um, I guess the tweet since been deleted. I don't have the screenshot handy. If you, if you are able to track that down, that would be great. But um, basically saying that the the theory is that there is either a Zelda remake or remaster collection coming this year. And it has been rumored for quite a while that uh, there was going to be a collection with Wind Waker and Twilight Princess um, released for the Switch. And apparently this has been ready for a while. It's one of those things that Nintendo's just been holding on to, um, but hasn't released yet. And... Um, there's other, you know, various rumors of potential remakes, that sort of thing, but, um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the matter? Uh, okay. Here's actually, I think I've properly deciphered this actually. Um, it's actually, ZR actually stands for, uh, it, it stands, it represents the, Nintendo Switch uh, right trigger because that is called ZR. So they're actually going to be making an analog trigger for the right right trigger. Um, but it, it's just it's going to be just the right Joy-Con with yeah, an analog just that. trigger. Yeah, no, the left one still is digital, but the right one's going to be analog. But I, I do think though that this is really one of those vague predictions that people do where they'll say it's going to rain soon like yes i think a lot of people believe that's going to rain soon it's just a matter of when and i do believe that nintendo likely is going to have a zelda hd collection of wind waker and twilight princess but i don't think that's really something 
I think it's something that's just something because looking at the information that we had before, um, this person has made claims before, especially saying that uh, there was going to be Zelda 2022 or Breath of the Wild 2022, right. and it didn't release in 2022, it released in 2023 under the name, of course, uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Right. So I, and of course, we did know that there was going to be a Breath of the Wild sequel. Nintendo had already long since announced that. Mm-hmm. So I think it, this is a situation where it is likely to happen, but it's just one of those things, like, like I was saying before, if someone makes a prediction, it's going to rain soon. Okay, um, I think we expect that, but <laughs> you make it sound like this is something new uh, that that's going to happen. So, could it still happen in 2023? Possibly. Um, but I don't think this... But this is... Oh gosh, this is November 1st. Or at least as of yeah. this recording, it's November 1st. It, mm-hmm. So we're in November. 2023 is almost over. So, I highly doubt Nintendo's just going to shadow drop the game and say, Hey, here's the HD collection. Like... Even if it is just an HD collection, this is something that I feel they would want to announce ahead of time. Give it at least three months. Now, I could be wrong, though, just because of the fact, more or less, Nintendo shadow dropped Metroid Prime this year. Yep. Now, granted, Metroid Prime isn't as, it's nowhere near as big as Zelda. actually because of that let me mm. okay i might actually want to slightly retract my statement because i can actually see this either way because metro's not as big as zelda nintendo could shadow drop zelda and it would do very well at the same hand though i feel that because zelda's so big they wouldn't want to shadow drop it because it's a big franchise and they want to get as many people on board for this yeah, but if it isn't a HD collection, I would feel maybe it is something sort of as what they did with the Mario games. So maybe something like Zelda One, Two, Link to the Past, maybe the Oracle of Seasons, Oracle of Ages. Uh, Maybe something like that, if not just the Oracle games, and maybe, well, they did already did the remake of Link's Awakening, so I doubt they would put in the original Link's Awakening in there or not. So it might be something like that, unless they want to do the Game Boy Advance games, something like that. So if it is something like the older, older games, I could see them shadow dropping that. But I, I don't know. At the same t- but either way, though... I think this is just so vague of a prediction to make that I, I I don't know how credible this really is. And then also, it's Nintendo rumor, and those, yeah, how many right. of those are actually real? Yeah, dime a dozen. Yeah, so um, I think that it is possible this could be shadow dropped and i would think game awards would be the easiest time for them to do that you know about a month away i could very easily see them doing that doing the digital version 
Shadow dropped at the Game Awards, and the physical version comes out either late December or early January. Something to that effect. Potentially, it could be longer than that. Um, I think with like the Pikmin 1 and 2 HD, they shadow dropped that at the Direct for the digital version, and then the physical version came out in September. And I, I'm pretty sure that the Direct was in June, I want to say. Pretty sure. So, I mean, in that, that case, it was a longer gap. Whether or not it would be that way in this case, I'm not sure. Um, that is one thing I could see as a potential thing that could happen. The 2D collection, maybe. Um, I think that one's a little bit less likely because most of the 2D games are already on Nintendo Switch Online. And so mm. I think there would be less incentive for people to actually buy those. I mean, you, you would definitely get sales, but I don't think it would be nearly as many as you would if you did Twilight Princess and Wind Waker HD, especially as a bundle. Um, some people have suggested things like, you know, doing Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, you know, like maybe even just uh, a compilation of the 3DS game versions, which I think would be best because those are the best versions overall. Um, even though there's definitely, at least with the 64 version of Majora's Mask, there are some aspects that are a little bit better, but it's really mostly just like the Zora swimming that's better in the 64 version. Everything else is really better in the 3DS version. Um, I don't know. There's there's a variety of potential things that could happen if this were legitimate. Um, I will remain cautiously pessimistic on the matter. And at the same time, I'm not sure I want to buy it. Um, now, if they do the collection, I think 60 bucks would be worth it because these are great games. Um, but if they release them individually, it probably wouldn't. Because <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I have Wind Waker on GameCube and on, and on Wii U. And I also can play it on my Steam Deck, and it plays really well there. Looks really good, plays really well. There's actually, I did, uh, for those who are watching the video version, I will have uh, shown some gameplay, uh, not necessarily well-played gameplay because I didn't remember the controls super well, but uh, gameplay of me playing with Waker HD on the Steam Deck. Um, but I'm not sure I really want to buy the game again, as much as I love it. And with Twilight Princess, I have the Wii version, the GameCube version, and the Wii U version. And once again, I'm not sure if I really want to buy the game again, unless it's in a two-pack. The two-pack is the one thing that would convince me. But even that, I'm not sure if it would be an early purchase or if I would wait until it's on sale, which will take a while, but... You know, if I can get it for 40 bucks instead of 60 that's probably more worth it. So, yeah, but like you said, you know, these these direct rumor or not direct rumors, but well, direct rumors and Nintendo rumors in general are a dime a dozen, and we get so many of them, and most of them are are just complete BS. Um, so we'll wait and see what happens, as with most things. But I'm definitely not. I'm not sure if it's something that I actually want. Even though it would look really good on that OLED screen. Especially Wind Waker. Wind Waker would look <laughs> fantastic. 
But okay, the the one thing that would convince me to buy both of these day one, or at least if it was a combo pack, is if it was sixty frames per second. Ooh. Because uh, the Steam Deck can't, I mean, doesn't play, doesn't emulate it, uh, the Wii U version at 60, it only does 30. I mean, it does a solid 30, it stays at 30 the whole time, but yeah, it doesn't, it won't emulate, I mean, it will not do 60 on through emulation. At least not on the Steam Deck. I'm not I would imagine probably on a desktop it will do 60 and above, but... At least on the Steam Deck, I don't know of any way to change that. So. I don't know. Um, any other uh, news items you want to cover or thoughts in general about stuff we've talked about? Um, no, I think, I think I'm good. All right, so let's get into the closing of our show. So start off with your recommendation and dissuasion for the week. All right, my recommendation is if you are interested in getting a collection of games, uh, if whether they're games that you've been interested in, or maybe you've just been interested in a couple of them, but there are other games that you might be interested in as well, I recommend checking out Humble Bundle's uh, collections of games because for less than $20, you could get six games or maybe even a few more. And that's what I've actually been doing for the past several months. They've had a couple good collections that I've seen that I've been interested in. Um, Definitely a good way to get some games. In fact, I know that one collection I got uh, for $30 was Resident Evil 0 through 6. Plus the two Revelation games and a coupon for Resident Evil 7 as well. So that was a pretty good deal. Um, And then, you know, they've got different other stuff. So if it's something you like doing on PC, they might have had something once or twice for Nintendo Switch games. I can't remember. I do know that they sell Nintendo Switch uh, digital codes, but I don't know if they had any bundles for uh, games. So... That's something you could check out. Very cool. Yeah, I think that there's also a bundle. I don't know if it's still going on, but it's a WB Games bundle that has all the Arkham games and, or at least the the three main ones. Plus, it also has um, like Gotham Knights, which I don't know if that one's any good. Most people have said it's not great, but some people like it. Um, and I think it also has Shadow Mordor and Shadow of War in there as well. Mm. Shadow Mordor at least is fantastic. What I played of Shadow of War, I liked, but I haven't, I haven't finished it. Um, but yeah, very good recommendation. I'm I don't do humble bundles a whole lot, but it's more just because there tends to be a lot of stuff I don't want to play in them, or I have most of the games that are in the bundle, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. Well, so, so, sometimes I'm not really a fan of the things that they support, but or. I guess I should say more. I'm I'm not a fan of IGN and any, uh, any giving them any money. If I if I can if I can avoid giving them money, I prefer to do that. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, for my recommendation, I am going to recommend Ghost Runner Two. Um, I I think I've got like 
um, maybe six or seven hours in it total, something like that. But what I've played of it, it is so, so good. Uh, let's see here. My hour count right now. Waiting for it to load in my Steam library. I have, okay, so I have uh, just under five hours. Um, but it is fantastic. Um, as I've said previously, Ghost Runner is one of those games that it's hard, but it's fair. When you when you die, you'll go back to the beginning of the checkpoint, but it's immediate, it's instant. There's no load times whatsoever. Even when you're playing like the Switch version of the first game, it's instantaneous. You immediately go back to the checkpoint, and most of the time, it's just figuring out exactly, you know, how to avoid the particular thing that you got killed by, or you know, you just made like one slight platforming error, whatever it happens to be. And, I mean, I think there's a good reason why the developer is called One More Level. Because they, because you, you're just like, one more try, one more try, <laughs> one more try. And you just keep going. And then, and then you finish, you finish it and you're like, I want to keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. <laughs> and I, I mean, yeah, you'll definitely have times where you'll get frustrated and you'll probably want to quit, but I feel like this one's way more fair than like Dark Souls and that sort of thing where you get sent way back and you have to go through a bunch of enemies over again in order to get back to the point where you left off. Whereas this, you know, it's like you get back to the beginning of that checkpoint, which is usually the beginning of an encounter. And um, yes, if you get hit once, you die and have to go, go back to the checkpoint. But it's once again instantaneous and... Um, it's just the design of these levels is fantastic. Um, it is very twitchy at times, but in a good way, at least in my opinion. And the music is blood pumping and just shelf's kiss. I, I love this game so far. And probably once I finish up uh, going through... Right, once I finish up Red Dead Redemption 2, I'll be jumping back into Ghost Runner. I just kind of want to finish up the story on this before I get back into Ghost Runner because Ghost Runner is something I could just play constantly for a while. And it probably won't be a super long game. I don't know how long this one is compared to the first game, but the first game was like 12 to 15 hours for the whole thing. So, um, but yeah, that's my recommendation for the week. So, your dissuasion. My dissuasion, and this actually, I actually sort of changed up in <laughs> because of something that I saw yesterday. My dissuasion, don't hang up your Christmas decorations now. I was coming home from work yesterday. I saw on a community sign, there was a Christmas wreath and garland hung up on the sign, and I'm thinking... I just saw trick-or-treaters a couple blocks back and there's already Christmas decorations up. I ex expect, sadly expect that from Walmart, but from general people. Please don't hang up your Christmas decorations. It's too early. I have all, I'm personally struggling to not listen to Christmas music, but don't display Christmas decorations when it, we've barely gotten into November. Wait a little later, at least. A week before Thanksgiving, please. That's all I have to say. Alright, well, my dissuasion is don't tell me what I can't do. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, 
I have not hung up my Christmas decorations yet. I never took down my ones outside last year, mostly just because <laughs> it was a hassle, and I need to get a taller ladder so that I can actually hang my lights up higher. Because I just mm-hmm. I just have a short ladder uh, that was inherited, and uh, the houses, the, the the higher parts of the front of the house are just too tall, even for a tall person to reach with my ladder. So I need I need a tall ladder, but um, no. Uh, though I, I did, I also never took down the Christmas lights that I have hung up in my room. I always have those plugged in <laughs> because it's it's um, not because the the overhead light is really bright, and so I always have the Christmas lights plugged in. And then if I need to, I will switch out a strand. Huh. But usually, I only have to do that once a year. So, but no, um, really, my dissuasion. Don't support Konami's terrible port of Metal Gear Solid. Um, these these ports are not worth your money. Make them fix the games before you buy them. Don't don't give in to the hype. And like I get it, I love these games too. But this is one situation where they're not going to pull them down anytime soon. They just re-released them after having pulled them down previously. Um, just don't give them your money right now. Wait. Wait until at the very minimum, if you're doing like PC, Steam Deck, uh, that there are enough mods and fixes to where the game can run better and look better because these ports are just bad ports. And if you're on console, especially on Switch, don't buy these games because Konami needs to learn that they can't just give, can't just do the bare minimum and get away with it and still get sales. Um, obviously, you can do what you want with your money. You know, if you you can completely ignore what I'm saying, that's your decision. It's your money. But my dissuasion is, don't buy these games. Whether you take my advice or not is up to you, but I still think you should not buy these games. I'm not buying them. Not yet. I'm waiting, and I may not buy them at all if Konami doesn't do something to fix them, or if I don't at the very least find that PC modders do a good job really fixing these games up. So, that's mine. Any other thoughts? No, but I think that's a very good dissuasion. (laughs) Very good. All right, so where can people find you? You can find me at uh, my channel, I am Zeracon, that is I-A-M-X-E-R-A-C-O-N, and the little at handle is the same, at I am Zeracon. And you can find me on youtube.com slash at I am, or not I am, <laughs> sorry, I, I, I'm getting my brain mixed up. YouTube.com slash I am getting my brain mixed up. <laughs> there, there's our title. Um, no, uh, YouTube.com slash at the frozen gamer 87. Um, I just recently did, as mentioned earlier, a 24 hour live stream raising money for the stack up charity. Uh, you can still donate to that if you'd like. Donations will be available through the end of the year. But even if you don't donate, it's fine. We met the goal. Um, I set a higher goal. I wouldn't mind meeting that, but even if I don't, 
you know, I still appreciate it. Um, you can still, but you can, all three parts of that live stream are available. I'm going to try seeing maybe if I can break up the individual pieces of the live stream and repost those separately. But otherwise, you can check out any one of the three eight-hour segments, or rather, one was six and a half, and then two and a half, and then the next part was eight, and then the next part after that was eight. Because I had to restart my computer partway through the first stream, fix audio issues. So, uh, there's all that. But, until next time, I'm the Frozen Gamer 87 that is I am Zeracon. We are the Orange Box Podcast, and don't fake the funk on a nasty duck. We'll see you next week. Orange Box Podcast, out.